Just a little heads up for our listeners, some themes that will be discussed in this episode, such as homophobia and rape, may be sensitive for some people, so please do proceed with caution. If you do a thing, a certain thing that relates to being feminine, you're automatically seen as gay. Gay children might experience suffering in the world and the industry made by gay people for people like news features voicing out and so much more Hey, Drew the Knights. Thank you for tuning into the official The Drew the Knights podcast, Limelight. I'm one of your hosts, Jacque Aguirre, and I'm joined by... Yo, I'm Jude Seth Aliaga from before as well. You may know me, you may not. Doesn't matter. I'm also another host. Hi, guys. It's Jamie Tan. Welcome back to the podcast, second episode. For today's topic, join us as we talk more about fitting into societal norms. Keep listening to know more and stay in the limelight. Okay, guys, so uh, our topic today is discrimination against queer people. So first, uh, let's clear out the first misconceptions about the classifications in the LGBT community. So we'll have Jack, you know, tell us. Yeah, Jack, can you explain what this is? Because, you know, I am personally quite conservative. And despite having a few, you know, health lessons, PE lessons, I think it's best that we first get someone who knows what they're talking about on this issue. So... Hi, I'm Jack and I'm part of the LGBTQ community and I'm here to sort things out. Let's start let's start off with a few terms. Some common terms you may hear and let's start off with queer. What what is queer? Queer is an umbrella term for non-heterosexual people. Basically, they don't identify as heterosexual and they don't they don't have sexual attractions to the opposite gender. And another term you may hear around is transgender. It's an umbrella term for a person who doesn't identify with the gender they're born as or completely something else. It's basically an umbrella term to identify someone who is not cis. And by... A bisexual person is someone who is attracted to both genders and pansexual is a person who is attracted to the person regardless of their gender. Gay is a man who is attracted to other men. Lesbian is a woman who is attracted to another woman. And non-binary is a person who isn't necessarily, who doesn't necessarily identify with the traditional gender binary. In simpler terms, not a man nor a woman, and finding someone who is non-binary can't be distinguished by their pronouns nor how they dress. All right. So about that, right? So you mentioned all these groups that are part of the LGBTQ and other letters, which I can't remember. So in regards to homophobic slurs, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think? What do you think about them? Do you feel really bad with someone? Do you not care? Can you? Can you? Please tell me. Personally, I don't use the F slur and the reason why we don't want this slur still being used to address and to call what we are as gay people is because it has a very dark background and you may know the term as, I'm sorry but I'll say it, fag is a cigarette in British slang and 
the reason why they call gay people fags is because they used to wrap gay men in carpets and burn them alive. That is why we don't like using the those terms, and which is why I don't necessarily call anyone a fag or my gay friends that because of its dark history. Yeah, and in the in the situation among Philippines, um, there's people around using you know the term gay as an insult, like oh, whatever you're doing, that's so that's so gay, and alam mo parang at this point. That shouldn't even be an insult anymore. You know, some people, I'm glad that maraming tao na sobrang proud to be who they are and just express themselves. So, it ain't no insult anymore. Yeah, I used to, I, yung bakla tsaka ba yun, tinatawag ko yun sa mga ka-frenny-frenny ko. And I don't even think, I don't even think why they use that as an insult to address someone who is gay because that's like basically pointing out the obvious And that that word baklabading, I don't that I don't like hearing that word. I don't like hearing that other people calling me that because my dad my dad used to call me that a lot and when I was younger I really didn't understand why, but now I super despise him because He is very homophobic in this sense, and yeah, yeah, it's very difficult, especially um, well, how the Philippines handles the LGBTQ community. We're still work, we're all still working on that, but uh, it's sad to not come out to the ones you love and the ones you trust because you're afraid that once you come out, ibana, ibana ting, ibana tiling nila sa yon, like actually, that, that yeah. Like, I know actually a lot of people who are kind of homophobic and like, like here's the thing, all right, here's the thing. Now, a, a lot of parents that I know, um, so a lot of parents, you know, they don't really, they don't really have anything against the gays, but they don't really like their kids being gay. And one reason I asked a bunch and one of the biggest reasons why is because, you know, society is not really built around gay gay people are just like recently being accepted into society so you know the norm is still kind of different and in the sense like a lot of parents they always tell me you know we don't want you to be like that because we want to make sure that you don't have to suffer the same way they do you get what i mean like 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 that is a big concern of parents and that's something like i've always heard time and time again it's like the parents biggest concern is always the safety of the children how they live and They're, I always hear that they'd rather, you know, have their children hate them rather than have their children suffer because of this or that, you know? What do you think about that? Do you think that that's a good idea that parents uh, have? Or do you think that's just bad? I personally think that still has the same effect as coming out to a world that also hates gay people or hiding your identity and just ending up hating yourself and i don't necessarily agree with that because for me example i hide my queerness from my parents and yet i'm still thriving as who i am as a person and i've learned to grow and i've grown i've learned how to love myself and grow as a person and now i'm here speaking about said topics and 
for the parents out there who are worrying that the gay children might experience suffering in the world and they would rather choose to hate themselves, that's still the same kind of suffering because the parents who also do this are also part of the problem into keeping things very heteronormative and locking it out in a way and if you sooner or later your children will find out about who they are and they will learn and grow to resent you they will learn to resent you because of the actions you're doing yeah um i wish that people not only parents would be more educated about the lgbtq community because there are times where maybe parents don't they don't want to hurt their child but because they don't know about the LGBTQ community and what to do about it, it destroys the bridge of communication between them and their child because you don't want to hurt them, but you don't know how to approach your own child. Like you would respect the community, but it's a different scenario when you have someone you know or someone you love and they come out. You want to support them, but you don't know how. So I wish people would be more educated, patients or patient or gentle with the people because it's not do, easy coming out either i do think that it is like for the youth at the very least um education is no longer an issue because like you know for the past few grade levels you know i, I i'm sure that the people listening to this may relate you've had some sort of a health class that talks to you about this kind of stuff some ap class even i believe last year or maybe the year before i had one as well And yeah, I feel like in terms of the youth, I feel like they're completely A-OK in terms of education. I feel like um, in social media as well, when the youth are on social media, you, you know, you always see these, sometimes you see these guys or maybe these bots who are always like homophobic and, and then they just get, they just get straight up nuked on Twitter, man. They, they don't last a second. And, you know, I feel like the youth is completely A-OK. However, I do still think that what you said about the parents not knowing enough how to support the I know, is true. Uh, I really do think that a lot of them, I, I think personally, I'd like to believe that the parents would support their children regardless. However, I do think that, yeah, there are times when they just got no idea how to react. They've been built and they've lived in the society, which has been like that for so long. Regarding these queer people and these feminine presenting people, that's how does someone classify as feminine? How do you identify someone as feminine? And how do you know who, how do you explain someone who is feminine? Being a feminine person is someone who dresses or acts like a traditional woman or dresses with skirts and dresses and these all pink and girly things not necessarily these these feminine feminine presenting people don't necessarily identify as women but it's rather their style and their way of expressing who they are i'm sure we all have been called girly at some point or I have at least and it's somehow contradicting because 
they use the term girly as an insult to you like that's so girly and in a way it's so anti-woman because i'm basically acting like a woman here and you're here calling me a woman and somehow that's bad what's your thoughts on that well whatever our thoughts are i think that there's something that i should mention something quite important you know we we talked about social media right and how we're supposed to uh spread awareness and how the youth is aware but you know of all the social media pages out there i think that you should follow the at judenites on facebook instagram and twitter to stay updated on the latest and hardest judenites activities now also you you got to check out the latest literary series which is letters of loss on november 1 and 2 now i got to say my brother uh submitted something here so i would personally really thank you i you know i'd be like a wooga a wooga i'd thank you a lot if you actually checked it out he put a lot of effort into it and these letters of loss are all about you know the people who are gone now since we're nearing all saints and all souls day it's all about the people who are no longer here you know people you care about maybe if you read some of these letters you may think to yourself gosh i really do miss grandpa grandma i really do miss insert person here you don't know so please do check it out we'll appreciate you tenfold back to the podcast so guys with the lgbtq community how about toxic masculinity uh personally i think it's really about how you're brought up you know um parents often tell their children especially um boys that when they play with barbies or they're into dancing singing anything of the arts at an early age they would be automatically labeled as feminine and girly but parents would often tell them you should stop doing that uh that's not what a boy should do and often times since many children are brought up like that uh the influence rubs off on them so let's say they're playing around with friends and a kid tells their friend that oh i'm into the color pink and actually i like if you if you like i love to do ballet uh automatically the other kids would be like ew that's gross that's that's something a girl would do so it kind of brings up uh it kind of brings up toxic masculinity that if you do a thing a certain thing that relates to being feminine you're automatically seen as gay speaking about toxic masculinity in truth uh you guys both of you have mentioned that like you know color pink you know i love the color pink i'm not i'm not i got to say it's my favorite color it started out as a joke when i was a kid but then it actually did become my favorite color but you see like when it comes to toxic masculinity it's not just like how you present yourself it's actually the attitude within for example This is one thing. Boys shouldn't cry. You know, you always you hear that from sometimes from parents or whatever. And boys should be tough. And I've noticed that whenever you you drill that idea into a man, he's going to it's like a pot, right? When you when you heat up water inside of the pot, the idea behind don't crying is essentially like putting a cover and then just keeping it there hoping it doesn't explode it will explode and it's going to be really bad if you don't let it all out one day if you don't remove the lid one day and that 
there's a lot of people, a lot of guys especially, who have this kind of issue where they don't like to talk about their problems. When their problems get to them, they explode like never before. And I've seen a lot of them, uh, in truth. And I think that that is the real thing with toxic masculinity. I think like it, it becomes an attitude problem later on where you can no longer express your feelings. You don't, you can't say what you need to say to the people you should say it to. You can't say I love you because that's kind of weak. You get what I mean? And like to a lot of the boys out there, I got to say to me and the boys, you know, boys, if you, if, if you feel like you got a problem, it's not unmasculine or feminine to ask for help, you know, you go ask whether you whether it be your parents, whether it be your friends, you you gotta open up to people. Opening up doesn't make you girly or whatever, you know. So that's just what I wanted to add to that topic. Moving on with the talk of the problems within the problems women and feminine people face. Let's talk about women first. The stigma between motherhood and how the 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 mom is responsible into taking into taking care of their child and you don't necessarily hear the term working dad you hear you mostly hear the terms working mom because it's given that the mom it should be taking care of the child and you don't you usually don't ask the dad way like where's your child where is he like you would usually ask the mom that because somehow society has made it made that the woman should be taking care of the family and should be all doing this 50s stuff what are your opinions on that my mom is incredible right she's right over there She knows how to do a lot of stuff, you know, whether it be household chores or actually working. You know, she she she's she's got all of the things down. She's got it down. Her life she's got it down. And I personally think that that idea that mother shouldn't work is ridiculous. She like my mother especially. She always says that she can multitask very well and she's proven that. She's proven that point. She's been able to juggle around so many problems all at the same time and you know it, it always boggles my noggle how she can do that but a lot of people couldn't. So uh, that stereotype is ridiculous. It, it's it's frankly weird that it's still around, you know. And Yeah, I do agree with you in the sense it's kind of outdated, you know. Get rid of it. Throw it in the trash, man. We don't need it. Exactly. Like women should be in the kitchen and men should be at work. Like, okay, it's not about the description of what they do. It's a matter of survival. Like in a Filipino household, dude, my mom is a very strong woman. As in, I wala siyang pake kapag lalaki ka or babae ka. You have to work because this knowing these like how to cook, how to clean how to work that's all survival skills that shouldn't be a role in a specific gender a woman can work a man can cook like anything and everything just it's a matter of survival there's no gender roles needed for a certain job actually speaking of women um in the world this is actually good news i actually learned um i was i was doing a research paper on uh, inequality in the workforce and i actually saw that we are one of the best if not the best in asia in terms of male women equality in the workforce 
And I, this may be completely wrong, all right? But I do remember. I, I remember seeing a website. I can no longer cite it, but it was it was a website. It was a labor organization, and it ranked us in 2019 as the ninth or eighth in the world. And in 2020, we were the 16th in the world. In terms of Asian countries, we're the first, and then the next one below us is Laos, which is 42. So it just goes to show that I, I'd like to I, I'd like to say we got it pretty good over here, you know. Whatever, whatever may come, a lot of 2022, all the politics and all the economies crashing, it doesn't matter. We got it pretty good over here. Yes, despite women here in the Philippines being paid well, there are still plentiful problems that they face with objectification, catcalling, harassment, sexual abuse, and abuse from partners and their family members. It has been a very hard battle to stop these and being a woman is very hard in a world that was created for men. And it's so underwhelming seeing all these horror stories of women talking about their rape experiences or their abusive experiences with their partner and their harassment stories from work and it seems so hard to believe yet at the same time it's so common for women to be experiencing this and it's just so uncalled for because it's so unjust in my opinion and even though we still have a long way to go with these battles we can now discuss the past present and future okay, um, so for the past uh yes it is i uh, it has been a long ride to get where we are right now for the lgbt community it has not been easy you know um there were situations where in the old times gay people were discriminated avoided because um they related hiv and aids mostly to them and imatao iniwasan nila talaga yung mga lgbtq people because akala nila airborne yung ano the disease was airborne so they were immediately shunned out from opportunities and they weren't they weren't able to live a peaceful life a meaningful life when the world you know shuts down around them yeah. well you know nowadays actually it's pretty we're pretty open like there's still a lot, don't get me wrong right if you go if you go to a middle eastern country and you're gay don't expect things to go down well but for not, for the most part a lot of these uh western countries and uh they're starting to slowly but surely you know accept that these people exist and hey they are actual people and like nowadays actually You know how in the past you would you would be <laughs> called out if you were gay. Nowadays you would be called out if you're a racist. Like if back in the day there was this thing called the McCarthy trials where if you were a communist they'd call you out and then you'd be blacklisted from ever having a job. Nowadays oh, like when you go on online and you and you say something kind of offensive towards the LGBTQ or any of these minorities, you know, you're the one, you, you know, racists Uh, and sexists—they're the ones nowadays who are getting called out for all the toxic stuff that they tend to say. Uh, there's a good and bad to it, but that's not what we're here for today. I, I'm kind of happy with the situation that it is today. That we're slowly, like, you know, 
um, transitioning towards a more open society. Um, some people would wish for a faster, you know, pushing it faster. But nowadays, I'd, I'd say that personally, there are a lot of conservatives. If we do this thing slowly and gradually, over time, they will accept these people for who they are. But if you push it, you know, if you shove it down their throats, they're going to fight back so hard against it. So nowadays, yeah, slowly but surely, we're doing better. We're accepting more people. And yeah, I'd say we're improving. Yes, loving the progression. Like, okay, when you, um, at least now, the people in the community are getting the justice that they deserve. So people who make fun of them, ridicule them, they're the ones who get blacklisted or get called out. And you know what? You can't blacklist them anymore from jobs because they have they actually have their own jobs now. Like, um, I'm not sure if I'm right, but there's uh, a place for people who transgender people and people who love to cross dress. I think it's drag, you know, drag. So yeah, you can't, you can't the entertainment industry. I remember a quote from Family Guy that's like that called the entertainment industry the industry made by gay people for people like yes. something like that. With regarding all of these battles we are going through this present day and age, lalampas rin ito. I hope for a bright and better future and we are definitely pushing towards that with these bills and openness and society finally after a long time starting to accept and normalize gay people in the world and they're trying to be more open but mahaba pang biyahe. I'm very grateful for the environment I'm in right now because I have plenty of support systems helping me through this. And I hope what for the future, we will abolish these gender roles and gender norms. Who, what should, who should be what and what I want is to be finally free from all of these, free from coming out, free from telling you, hey guys, I'm gay, and stop these heteronormative norms. And yeah, I'm very excited for the future and I hope it goes very well. Speaking of the future, actually, there are a lot of things nowadays, like, you know, issues. For example, uh, I'm sure that you know the restroom issue that a lot of the gay people are facing. You know, like uh, gay men want to go in the women's bathroom, but some women don't like that because, you know, that's that's a bit iffy. So there's a proposition to solve the uh, restroom problem with a third restroom for the LGBT. What do you guys think about that whole issue? And what, what do you guys believe is the best solution? Personally, I don't think that's a good idea ever letting guys into the women's bathroom because even if they may be gay, you have the problem where, for example, if I'm a rapist, all I have to do is pretend to be gay, enter women's bathroom, and boom, you have a problem. And I, I think that the, 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 in order to solve you know, the issues that we have today, we actually should start like you know figuring things out what do you guys think is the best way to deal with this issue i know it's a difficult issue so you don't have to give a specific <laughs> example you don't feel comfortable 
it's, it's so controversial. I think I've heard this somewhere in a beauty pageant before. Like, um, should people of the LGBTQ community be provided with their own bathroom or should we let them go to wherever they feel they fit? And uh, it's so tricky because if you put another uh, stall for them, you're establishing the fact that, that they're different, you know, but they are different in a sense, but they want to feel they've reached their goal. Say I'm a male, then I, I'm a transgender, and then uh, I want to be female. I want to go to the female bathroom. I don't want to be in another stall that just proves that I'm different and I'm not female and I'm not who I want to be and who I'm trying to be. But then again, there is the issue of security. After all, as a woman, you wouldn't want any chance of you getting raped in the women's restroom. Regardless, you know, this may to some uh, seem like, you know, I, oh, I, can't, I can't fully be who I want to be. But at this point, it's not who you want to be. What about these people who are going to get affected by what you want to be, you know? You, you then have the question of that, whether, these, whether you should focus on what you want to be or whether you should protect the woman personally uh, even if it's a compromise you know and people don't really like compromising because it leaves no one happy i think the best solution is just the third restroom because it avoids the whole rape thing for the women so that they don't have to face it you know it could be even worse because uh, if we let them mix together in the back it's just gonna be a disaster in my eyes i'm not yeah. entirely sure that trans women who are trying to go to the restroom are in there to attack or rape women because i'm just i just think that trans people who are dressing in a feminine way are also feel unsafe in the men's restroom they would be given dirty looks and you know how men can get aggressive as they are and what i think from my perspective trans women who are who identifies as women just want to go to a restroom and be be safe and feel safe in there without the threat of someone harming them so i'm not entirely sure that they are in there to harm other women because Trans women are women. I'm sorry to butt in, but you don't know that they're not there enough to harm people. I'm really sorry, but you have no idea. I mean, the only way that you'd ever find out is by, like, for example, all gay, all trans people are going to have to have a card that says they're trans. That's not good. You need to make sure that these women, the straight women in the CRs, don't get raped. And there's the biggest question because there is literally no way you can determine whether this person is trans or just trying to get, you know, a free rape. It's so difficult. And that's why in my eyes, you know, even though it it may feel uncomfortable to the trans, I feel like really you're gonna have to compromise here we, you can't have your cake and eat it you're gonna have to have the third restroom in order if you want your own restroom third restroom yeah i'm sorry yeah well personally i see this as a matter of safety privacy because we can't uh, immediately target the lgbtq community na um you want to be free yes but that also affects the safety of people people could um, portray themselves as part of the community to get where they want to be and to harm others. Pero, oh, not, pero sa tao talaga yun eh. 
it's not people in the LGBTQ. If people disguise themselves as part of the community, they're not part of the community. They're out. It's just that um, uh, people will really do bad things. And there is really no way now we can ensure people's safety. So, um, yeah, I'm not really sure which side to take. Pero I hope people know that sa pagkatao na yan, kung masamang tao ka and you do something that, but please don't ever like uh, immediately blame the community for being a outlet or being a, being an excuse to do these bad things. This is kind of the same thinking as if there is a straight pedophile, you wouldn't think them as a straight person. But there, if there is a gay pedophile, you would think of them as a homosexual harming a child, thus blaming the LGBTQ community. And it's like, you can't really blame an entire community and you can't really stop people from hiding. You can't keep making people hide from who they are because it's really it's really up to as Jamie said who will do the crime and mind I want to remind everyone not women can rape other women as well and it's it it can happen it it can happen but that doesn't mean all women are would rape women in a sense and from what I think you should just let trans people go to the, to the bathroom they prefer with because I'm I, I'm sure most of them are just wanting to go to the bathroom rather than committing a crime in a sense but I understand keeping the safety of women but in the sense this is also keeping trans women safe by going to the bathroom they identify as what if we just Oh, I, oh, I'm not speaking for the whole world, guys. Well, I don't know. We can have that option, but I feel like they could still be welcome in any bathroom they want. I don't think it solves anything, but could be worth a try, you know. Other than the restroom issue, there's obviously the um, stereotypes issue and the societal issue where the norm, of course, is straightness, you know? I personally believe that this is really just something you cannot fix as an individual. This is something that will fade away over time. That's what I think. As long as society goes the way that it does, it should be fine. I personally really do believe, like I said, I am also conservative. I am open to gay people. I don't harass any gay people. I don't get, I don't get that idea. But I know for a fact, that if you push too hard, the people who are not convinced will push back harder. You know, Thomas Jefferson, every action has its equal opposite reaction. And if you push hard with the liberal idea, the conservative backlash will fight hard as well. I really do believe that if you want the societal norms to disappear, it's something that you should let exist but then, because slowly, it's just going to die. So guys, with all that said, Jack, as a member of the LGBTQ community, what message do you want to give to the listeners? Uh, as a member of the community, I'm really proud that I have the Judenites as my platform, as my platform to talk about these issues. I've been thinking about this episode 
for quite some time because it is really something that will affect my life with people's opinions and people's choices and people's votes and it will affect my life and how I will live and in that sense but I'm really glad that this generation is so so open to queerness and queer people but it does has it it does has cons sometimes but the good outweighs the bad and I'm so grateful for this and the Judenites for letting me speak about this and with that that's a wrap we would like to thank yours truly Jacob Punzalan, Jude Aldrich Aliaga, Naima Ong, and Gabriel Ko for writing this episode of the podcast. A big thank you to Brian Zeng for editing this episode and to Kirsten Tan and Anjali Dumaol for making the cover art for the podcast. We would also like to thank Mr. Hubilia and the executive cluster of the editorial board for making all of this possible. And that's all for us today. Thank you for tuning into our podcast and always remember to stay in the limelight.